Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Back to the uh, Believe Podcast Network. This is the Kingdom of Pod, a very difficult Bronco football podcast. Jeff Gaves here in Flower Mound. You know, like everybody else, I watched the game last night, and I think there's a lot of things that we can all take away from it. That, first of all, you can't, you know, you can't discount the pain if you're a fan. I think I may have said something on Twitter during the game about, you know, caring about the game. Uh, for those that understand the abbreviations of GAS, I think it differentiates fans sometimes and who we are when you really, really care about an outcome versus it's your job or every, anything in between. You have different experiences, I think, in what you take away from it. Uh, but in this particular situation, it was a 51-17 to 17 loss. And in listening to everybody uh, from Coach Harson to the players, thinking about my own thoughts, it – it, it felt like, you know, there's, there's lessons here. And so if you listen to Coach Harson and the players in the postgame where you can go back and do that, uh, you'll notice that they say they have to learn from this. Coach Harson made a big point in saying he didn't believe that you should just blow things off, move on, forget about it, and just erase it like it never occurred. He said you need to learn from your mistakes, never forget them, so that you don't recreate them. Players talked about not forgetting this so that, you know, you can create this sort of grudge or chip on your shoulder type of mentality as they as they move forward. But the fan is who I'm talking to, and that's me and you and, and, and everybody connected to the program. We're not conditioned to this. And so I thought, you know, I'd look at what did we learn as – as fans here, and it's the worst margin of loss in a game in 24 years at home. So we've not seen a shellacking like this uh, for some of us that long, for others ever. This is the first time they've ever experienced something along these lines. And, you know, that's essentially where they are now and, and where they were then when they lost at home. And... One thing that's a massive difference that we need to take into account here is that 24 years ago, you lost to a heated rival in the University of Idaho, charged circumstances in 1996, and you were at home. And I mean that by the Boise State football team was in Albertson Stadium. <clears throat> you personally, my, my, my bet is most of us were there. We were at the stadium. The experience we all had last night, we were at home. Now, when I equate where the fan experience starts and stops, uh, to me, sometimes I start with, well, were you there? What was your investment? 
Did you pay money? Did you invest time? Did you go down there? Did you get involved in the atmosphere? Did you try to affect the outcome of the game? And when you're, and we, and all of us are at home, when you have a shameful experience, or as, you know, players and coach Harson said last night, embarrassing, to use their own words, isn't it easier to hide in the shame of your own living room to bury yourself in another beer or vodka and just go to sleep and not face your friends or you could ignore social media at any point whether you're at a game or not. Uh, losses are easier to stomach at home. They're more difficult to stomach in groups. Celebration, joy, victory with friends, it's a great experience. And going back and going to games when you know there's a good outcome possibility is some of the greatest experiences I've ever had in anything that I've ever done. And I think we all and you as a fan feel the same way. So I just think that a lesson I take away from this experience is that I'm very optimistic that Boise State football is going to rebuild and may even grow because they got a hell of a lot to lose. And that experience that we had last night sitting at home by yourself, getting shellacked. You know, what's the emotional investment or range in that? That's like the bachelorette leaving and somebody else coming in and you're disappointed. This is a bigger thing, and it has been, to thousands of people. So I'm optimistic. If you're a program that's been losing, and there's plenty of those, and you've struggled and you've had occasional winning seasons and you're still trying to build I don't know how you're going to get fans back in your stadiums. I think that's going to be very difficult, and I mean substantial fans. I think you're going to continue to struggle and move from there. So I learned that people like to go to a party, and when they lose, the party's ruined, and that hasn't happened often at Albertson Stadium. The three things that I take away from this football game that were lessons that I think I and anybody else can benefit from because I, I pay attention to what – people say uh other guys that i work with have worked with in the media i pay attention to what people write i pay attention to uh folks at 247 sports on the blue turf sports board because they're really dug in and they'll give you hundreds of words sometimes of analysis so when i talk about what fans think and say and feel and then i talk to a lot of guys on the phone and through email and texting and i encourage you to do the same uh, i get a feel for what a fan is experiencing and and one of the things the th of these three lessons is there's an overconfidence in being a Boise State football fan. And the number one thing is, well, we're going to win. I mean, we always win. Even though we're an underdog at home, we always win. And when you take that into consideration, the lesson we need to learn from that is there's no fans in Albertson Stadium. No disrespect to the players and the band and the cheerleaders and uh, the great boosters that were allowed to go because of what they've done for the past in this program, but there was not 36,000 people there. False starts, illegal procedures, intimidation, motivation for the Boise State kids, pride, uh, ego gratification, adrenaline extension, none of it existed. And so we shouldn't take that for granted that the experience that you provide in that stadium Going to that game makes a massive difference. What the lesson for me was, 
BYU can take pictures on the blue after they beat Boise State and hold on to that memory, but it should have an asterisk that there was not 36,000 enemies there to get in their way, that they conquered, I don't know, there was 32 guys not suited up, there were nine guys off the two deep not playing, a lot of people for Boise State football that did not suit up, did not play, and then we'll talk about this in a second, did not really show up and play too well. So that's what I think that we should learn as a fan group, as a fan base, that we are a big part of the process. We should never forget that. Never forget that. I think uh, number two, we say to ourselves as fans, if we'd have had our quarterback, if we'd have had our running back, if we'd have had Demetri Washington go down the line, you know, we would have made it closer. And as I just said, nine players were off the two deep. You're down to your fourth and fifth string quarterbacks. The thing I would say that we should all learn from this, and Coach Harson got into it in his post-game comments, one side note on that. Coach Harson's post-game comments, I think, for fans are very valuable for you and me to listen to because this is very similar to the words he uses with his team. So if you want to start understanding the training that he tries to put through those kids and their minds and the repetitiveness of which he tries to bring home a message, listen to what he has to say. It's not an entertaining item. That's not his point. He's not there to entertain you or them. He's there to win, teach him something, and move on. But he he hit this really hard about you have to have everybody firing on the same cylinders. If you're not playing, you're taking mental reps in practices. If you're not getting those reps, you need to be into it mentally. And I think for all of us, it should really help us understand that in the businesses and the jobs that we all have, it is important to honor the receptionists, the delivery guys, the cooks, <laughs> the, the waitress, the, the, the managers, everybody involved, and the people who get sick and get replaced and come back, all that stuff's worthy of our attention, our respect, and this unity of a team. And if they were recruited to Boise State, it's because they're supposed to be a pretty good football player, and, and that's what they are. So I think it's, it's good to take into account that, okay, yeah, you're down to your fourth or your fifth string um, quarterback and it sounds good to say well they need to be more prepared well they do you know that's the goal that's where you want to get and as great of a job I feel that they have done at the quarterback position and having a guy like Andy Peters even ready to go uh, they've really had some struggles at the running back spot I mean I looked at the depth there and thought wow what is our backup plans here because Danny Smith wasn't able to suit up we know Helani got hurt he wasn't able to go um Tyler, the kid that transferred in, was hurt early. They threw Mahone off the team. I mean, they're down to Andrew Van Buren, a a solid two, perhaps. Uh, I think Mahone was the stronger back. And they're down to fifth-string guys there, too. So <laughs> there was a tremendous deficit at the running back position. The third thing that I think we can learn as a fan from this football game is by telling ourselves the defense got worn down. That was why they had issues they took too many snaps. The offense didn't help them out. There's some truth to all that because defenses get energy from offenses. It, emotionally, they're in the games. They're not down 17 to three, or you know, and down 38 to three, or 45 to three, and it gets hard to stand it emotionally. Uh, but that notwithstanding, 
when we when we want to give the Boise State defense a free pass, I know those coaches won't. Fifty one points don't lie. And I I looked back at the first half and thought, okay, did they go through a lot of snaps there where they gassed at halftime? They played thirty two snaps, maybe thirty one. A lot of them play on the thirty second snap in the first half. That's not a lot of snaps. It's it's just not. That's not a whole game. That's about half a game. And then they went through a halftime experience where they rested. They weren't that shorthanded. I understand Dimitri Washington didn't play. Uh, he is a critical cog, and they were also missing Miller, who I'm assuming may have been one of these COVID guys. So the, everybody else was available, guys. The defensive line pass rushers, they've had to replace Washington, and they damn well know it. And their defensive backs were all suited up. Uh, they only faced 32 snaps. And then so – Let's go through what happened when they came back out in the third quarter. And they had their rest. The very first drive, there was two 38-yard pass completes. The next drive, a 39- and a 20-yard pass completion. The drive after that, a 28-yard TD pass, a 9-yard run, and a 20-yard touchdown run right through them like a knife through butter. They went into the half with one score. They came out 38-3 to behind. They faced 18 more plays. At that point, after the third quarter, they had faced 50 plays total. That's not an excessive amount of football. They have been training and working out. That is not a valid reason to put at the top of our list why the Boise State defense did not play well last night. Um, I think sometimes what I try to do, and I don't always accomplish it for you, is not just point out the questions. I really believe that it's more interesting and, and, and I think even harder for the guy over on this side of everything, me, to come up with answers, to come up with answers. And to me, the answer defensively is I think they just had to get more pressure on Wilson. They did such a good job in the first half sacking him, harassing him. The run game had the one big pop, but it really wasn't that great at other times. I thought they did a good job controlling it. But that third quarter, they couldn't get pressure on Wilson, and he picked them apart. Yeah, I don't believe that one of the 38-yard catches was real because I thought it hit the turf, but I'm not an instant replay guy. I just don't think they had enough pressure on him in the third quarter. I do think their emotional state got affected by the lack of fans, the lack of noise, and, frankly, lack of offensive support when they look down the bench and they're looking at a kid that was the scout team quarterback and had no idea he'd be playing football probably against BYU, uh, Kate Finnegan, on uh, a Friday night at Albertson Stadium. So there's the three takeaways for me. Something that we can use. You can read about the stats and all the rest of it, and I, and I encourage all of us to do that. But we're part of the process. I think it was on display last night as much as any other night and we are going to have an opportunity to rebuild it because there's a lot to lose at Boise State, which means we're all part of what they've gained and what they continue to have. So that is my Kingdom of Pod, Boise State football podcast. Of course, we'll have a lot more as we now have to get ready for Colorado State, who had a big win. Uh, that'll be interesting to unfold. Will Sears be back? Will Bachmeyer be the quarterback. How may the game plan change? What is going on with Hank Bachmeyer? We'll get to all those questions, but thank you for listening. Don't forget, 
If you want to subscribe to this podcast, you can go to uh, kingdomofpod.mailchimps.com and you can sign up there and they'll be emailed to you. You can listen to this, of course, through iTunes or wherever you download your podcast and subscribe and please review it for me. I always appreciate your input and we will get ready for Colorado State and talk to you again next week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.